This is the Coming Black to Africa podcast, a show focused on helping you, the African diaspora, with your return home journey. Whether you have roots here or not, each week I'll host someone who will share their experiences and tell their stories to help you prepare and navigate the integration ups and downs. My name is Robert Agufanabel, an Afro-Caribbean traveler, passionate about promoting and representing Africa. I am a champion of creativity, and I'll be the captain of this flight. Now, let the journey begin. Greetings, fellow travelers. Thank you for joining this maiden flight of the Coming Black to Africa podcast. I want, in this first episode, to tell you a little bit more about what the podcast is all about. And so you can find out a little bit more about me and my experiences. You know, the Coming Black to Africa podcast is your guide to have you so you can have a smooth return home journey. It's about showing you that a move back to Africa is not just possible, but it is real. I will share with you experiences and stories from so many other people from all walks of life and how they've managed to integrate, whether they've been here for one month, one year, as far as 10 years, you're going to get the benefit of all of that in this show. So who is Robert Agufarnabel? Well, I am Kenyan born and raised in the twin island state of Antigua and Barbuda. 70 degrees north and 35 degrees west, 365 beautiful beaches, and one pink sand beach in Barbuda. <laughs> you need to visit that place. I moved there when I was four years old. My father, that's my father's native land, and we moved there as a family. And I was very excited. I can even remember flying in the British Airways plane, looking at the island, and I could see the entire island from the window of the plane. <laughs> and I can remember asking my parents, wait, can the plane land in that island? Is there enough room? So naive, you know, childlike in a sense. And we started our journey, got integrated into the society, went to school. But for the first time in my life, I felt like a minority. I felt sort of like an outcast. And I'll tell you, I would hear expressions such as, oh, we have the African kid in our class. You know, in the society, people are like, oh, that's where the African family lives. And everything was the African this and the African that. And not in a nice way. It was very, you know, it was very, stig like it was like a stigma. And quickly I learned that, you know, labeling myself as an African would land me into a lot of trouble. And I quickly started to shed that off. My middle name, which is Agufana, stands for the wise one or the handsome one. And I didn't want to be identified with that name because then people would know that I was an African. I was ashamed of being an African. You know, when I was young, I would tell the people, you know, and the kids who used to make fun of me that, look, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt, you know, with all the belief and confidence. But let me tell you, that statement is true. Words don't hurt. They traumatize. And those words traumatized me. I wanted nothing to do with Africa. As we grew older, I was a teenager. Unfortunately, my dad died. And at that point, I realized... I'm, I'm like a stranger in a foreign land. As much as I was fully Antiguan, I still felt like there's a part of me that needed to be resurrected. And I, I told my mom, look, I want to move back to Africa. I don't care how bad it is there. I need to get back there. There was something inside of me yearning to just connect back with my roots. So we actually came back to Kenya for a summer so that we can see the experience. And I was given a choice. My family here told me, listen, you can choose to come here, reintegrate, or you can go and continue your life in Antigua. I talked with my cousins. I found out about the school system. I don't know, something about it just didn't feel right. And I chose to go back to Antigua, continued living my life. But 10, 15 years later, 
that nagging feeling resurfaced, you know, wanting to go back to Africa, wanting to just go back and check it out. And I continued pestering my mom, take, let's go back, take me back. You know, and she said something to me that was so powerful that gave me this license of independence. She said, well, you're a grown man. If you want to go back, you go. I'm not going to stop you and I give you all my blessing. You know, it was at that point I realized, why was I waiting for someone to take me back to my own home? I can go on my own. So I booked my ticket, organized with my family, and decided to come back to Kenya. And I came back in the summer of 2009, and I stayed. I stayed for a while. Unfortunately, my grandmother passed away a few months later, and I decided to extend my stay. Wrote to my employer and said, listen, I need some time. I want to see how this thing is going to work out and, you know, consider a possible, you know, relocation. So I stayed on. And I did my research, little that I could. Back then, you know, the internet wasn't so widely, you know, widespread with a lot of information. But I just knew that I needed to own and honor that calling inside of me. So I decided to stay. I went back home, you know, resigned from my job, you know, got my affairs in order and came back in 2010. And I was ready to start this new life. Wow. And then I went into perhaps the deepest depression of my life. I came back to Kenya, born in Kenya, Kenyan birth certificate, and I was treated as if I was a foreigner, simply because I didn't go to a Kenyan school. I didn't grow up in a Kenyan culture. It was so bad when I went to the immigration office. You know, um, when you're born in Kenya and in a lot of African countries, there's a lot of vaccinations. Well, you know, generally all over the world. And there's a particular vaccination you get on your arm. I think it's the BCG. And I somehow don't have it because my parents decided not to get that vaccination. And at the immigration office, they pulled my sleeve back, realized I didn't have the mark and said, listen, you're not a Kenyan. You forged those papers. You look like a Somali. You're not a Kenyan. That hurt. That hurt so deeply. At that point, a sort of buyer's remorse set in. Like, should I go back to Antigua? Like, what do I've, I've left my life. I have, no, I have nothing else right now. And it was, it was, it was dark. It was deep. Um, I was hurt. But, you know, through prayers of friends, talking and encouraging to others, you know, I started to rise up out of it. I won't get into that story now, perhaps in a later episode. And, you know, with the time difference, you know, in, in Africa, and if you live on the, the western side of the world, in the Caribbean or in the States, it was so difficult staying in contact with friends because of the time difference. And so I realized that everything had been stripped away and I needed to find my own journey. I needed to reconnect with my source of strength, you know, my, my ultimate God. I just needed to do that. And I can tell you, that was the best experience. I'm not happy for the dark days, but it was the best experience. I rediscovered myself. I found a part of me that was buried and hidden. And that helped me to come out and just, right now I'm living my best life. That's the way I can put it. I'm living my best life. And so this podcast is, is about that. How do you benefit from my integration experience about others integration experiences what do you need to know how do you need to prepare because when i was going through those dark times i didn't really have anyone to turn to no i didn't know anyone who had done such a return in any african country and so i had to figure things out on my own we're here so that you don't have to do that so that you can make that move but an informed choice you can prepare for the hurdles you can prepare for the struggles that you might find and you can position yourself the world is so much different now than when i came 10 years ago and i advocate for so many people to come back even for my friends just to visit because as i when i was younger the media and everything the image that i saw was a contrast to what i had experienced and i allowed the media and and the, the saying and everything to cloud what I knew to be this beautiful, beautiful land of Africa. Yeah.